Hi there, it's Nikki. I wanted to take a quick minute to make sure you knew about our free on-demand copywriting training. Whether you're brand new to copywriting or you just can't seem to hit your income goals, this training is for you. You'll learn the three secrets to landing freelance copywriting work without wasting time on frustrating job bidding sites like Upwork and Fiverr or cold calling strangers. And if you've listened to any of the student stories on this podcast, this is the exact same training they all got started with. I'm talking about Kate Kay, who's making six figures working part-time and who just retired her husband to help her run the business. Stuart, who replaced his full-time salary with freelance copywriting work, and then some. Stacy, who hit six figures in six months, her very first year as a full-time freelancer. Ashley, who landed the in-house copywriting job of her dreams. They all started with this free training, and you can get started with that same training too. Sign up right now at freecopywritingtraining.com. From multi-billion dollar companies down to solopreneurs and every size business in between. The Filthy Rich Writer team and I are here to teach you everything we've learned in our years in the industry so that you can craft a successful copywriting career of your own. To us, being filthy rich means having a job you love, being good at what you do, and making great money doing it. Let's dig in. Hey there, welcome back to another episode of the Build Your Copywriting Business podcast. Um, We are super excited to be joined by uh, one of our CCA students and coaches, Dory. Hey, Dory. Hey. And of course, Nice to be back. Hello. Good to have you back. (laughs) Um, We are especially excited because uh, this episode is going to include a little before and after. We first talked to Dory about six months ago fall 2020, somewhere in there, just as she was really starting to ramp up her business. And we talked about where she came from, where she was going, and where she was headed. So the first thing you're going to hear is the portion of the interview from six months ago. And of course, be sure to stick around to hear the podcast we are recording today. Enjoy. Hey, Dory, how are you? I'm good, Nikki. How are you? I am great. Thank you. Um, thank you so much for sitting down with me. Um, as you and I were kind of talking about before we started recording this episode, um, what we're really just looking to do is kind of give people some insight as to what it's like to get started as a copywriter, what kind of background people have and, and what it feels like to begin that that journey. Um, now, I know that actually you are, I would say, somewhat in the minority among students because you do have a writing background, right? Yes. Yes. I have a almost 15-year background as a journalist. Yes. Mm-hmm. And content too, right? Um, yeah. So, um, yes, content too. I, I was a travel journalist, so it was a combination of writing new stuff um, and, yeah, I guess what you would consider more content consumer focused type articles. But I, I sort of always called myself a journalist, even with the content. Um, yeah. 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 That makes sense. Well, and really, I guess journalism is, is content too. It's all, yeah. <laughs> it's all meets in the middle and mixes up. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So what, what put you on your path to, to copywriting? Um, coronavirus. <laughs> um, so yes, in the past uh, 14 years, I've worked as a travel journalist, last eight years, specifically in the cruise industry. Um, and when coronavirus hit, um, <laughs> the cruise industry was quite disrupted. Um, so I lost my job. And I started thinking about, well, what do I do now? 
Um, travel's probably not coming back anytime in the immediate future. Um, my major skill is writing. What are the writing opportunities out there? Um, so I did think at one point about freelance content writing, travel writing. Um, and one, as I said, travel really was sort of not a huge thing, um, still not. And two, I'd be competing with freelancers that were already um, out there that, you know, I had been using freelancers, so they were already established freelancers. Um, so to try and break in at a time when first there wasn't a huge demand for travel writing and two, there were already well-established travel writers, I wasn't sure that that was the route I wanted to go. Um, my first thing actually was I started a pet website and thought, okay, let me see what I can do uh, with this, um, which I'm still doing. I'm still running my pet website. Uh, but it quickly became apparent that I couldn't make a living doing that. So I, again, so I just, you know, I started researching online um, and saw an ad for your course. And I, I had thought about copywriting before, um, but never had really given it much thought. It just, um, it just wasn't anything I had really considered. You know, I never watched Mad Men. I wasn't Mad Men. I wasn't interested in advertising. Um, so I just wasn't sure it was really for me. Um, uh, and But I think I signed up for your newsletter and I watched your videos and you were very convincing. And <laughs> so I decided, you know, let me let me see what this is. Let me follow this and see where it takes me. I was not convinced I was going to be able to do it. I thought it was going to be very, um, it's, in my mind at that point, it was so diametrically opposed to journalism. So journalism is the facts and, you know, you tell the facts unbiased and um, advertising is not. And so I really wasn't sure if I was going to be able to do it. Um, but again, I, you know, I signed up, I took the course and I said, let me see where this takes me. Um, and that was the start. That's great. So how ha has, has your impression, or now that you know it, your, your knowledge, how, how does it compare, how does copywriting compare, I guess what I'm trying to say, how does copywriting compare to what you thought it was going to be? Um, so it's definitely, there are some similarities to what I thought and some differences. One, um, I found that I was less bothered by the idea of, um, of playing to people's emotions and their needs um, in a way that I thought I wouldn't like. But what I realized was if you're offering something that's a real, of real value, I mean, if there's a real product, then there's nothing wrong with getting people to understand that. You know, it's if you're lying and if you're making something up, then that's a problem. And while there may be people who do that, I'm not going to do that. So, um, and I, and I, so that was one that, you know, realizing that it's not pure, it's not, you're not just manipulating people for no reason. You are offering something that can, is of real value and you just have to make them see that. Um, and you can't, you're not going to force anybody to buy that anything, but if it resonates with them because they're having that same, that real problem, then you're doing them a service. So that was one. I think the biggest surprise for me with copywriting was that I never realized it was a puzzle or I didn't think of it as a puzzle. And I realized that as, as you create different pieces um, it, and not just like, Oh, the subject line or the header or um, subheads and stuff, but actually the words themselves that you have to compile the words in the right order and everything. Um, and I loved the puzzle making aspect of it. I loved the, the way this, cause that's not how you content, right? You just write and you write a story, you know, even, you know, internally, you're still telling a story or whatever, but, 
but you're not compiling it. You don't have to, you don't have to figure how which piece goes where in order to have what impact, but incorporating you do. And it just makes it that much more interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so those were some of, yeah, my findings when, as I started to get into it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Actually, that puzzle aspect is one of my favorite things too. It's, it makes it makes the workday kind of feel like doing word problems in a way. You know? Yeah, it really is. Yeah, I love I love like I I know everybody does things differently. Um, my process usually is starting with some of the words that I want that I think are most applicable, and then figuring out how to write around those words. Um, and sometimes you know, sometimes I'll get rid of the words and add new words. But I like starting with the words and figuring out how to build from there. So oh, that's yeah. great. I love that. I love that. Yeah. So as you know, that we celebrate wins big and small and basically we celebrate wins. Um, what what kinds of wins have you seen thus far? Um so I'll tell you an interest I've I've had about five clients so far. Um, and one of them I did a sales funnel for. So it was um, an eyelash extension salon. Um, and she she wanted to sell. We came up with uh, some bundles that she wanted to sell to try and get some business. And um, we were not particularly successful with selling any of her bundles. We sold two bundles. Mm-hmm. But the open rates for the middle section, for the nurture section of the uh, sales funnel were very good. The first one was 32%. The others were 25%. They were, they were, you know, decent open rates. And what we realized was that people may not be in a spending mindset right now, but they wanted to hear from her. They wanted to dream about when they could go back to getting their eyelashes done. And she realized that, you know, they wanted to hear from her and she could do more. She could do, you know, once a month email just to sort of say, here I am and let's dream and stuff. And even though, you know, obviously I wanted to be able to say, you know, deliver to her, you know, a hundred clients who had bought something and she made a, you know, a lot of money. um, It was a win because people wanted to hear from her and were so interested in what she had to say. And, and, you know, the three pieces in the middle, which were these sort of informational and fun because she has a great fun sense of humor and fun tone of voice, you know, that people resonated with, with it and they liked it and they read the emails. Um, and so for me, that was one of my biggest wins, actually. Yeah, yeah I agree. That sometimes copy projects don't end up the way that we that we want them to, right? Like you were saying, it would have been awesome to be like, here, 8,000 new clients. Exactly. But, and that's part of why we don't offer guarantees, right? Is that there's a lot of stuff that's outside of our, our hands. You could write the most fantastic, amazing, compelling copy, but if people are going, well, first of all, I don't want to go, I want to be that close to someone for something non-essential right now. Right. And I'm also, you know, saving up my money just in case. So probably lash extensions are right. where I want to spend my money. Um, although, frankly, the more time I spend on Zoom, the more I'm like, I need lashes. <laughs> um, send her my says, send her emails my way. Um, but the fact that you can still have a big impact and you're, you're, I love the, the fact that you've been writing these emails for her and they are, I mean, those are great open rates, especially when they're like, when they've, you know, those are the open rates you expect to see at the, you know, the first email, the second email, but the fact that you've been able to 
to keep this excitement going for her and her business, you're, what you're clearly doing is you're continuing to nurture these people so that when people are comfortable, when people are feel like they need to treat themselves in some way, right. that's where they're going to look. And because you've been keeping them in, keeping her in their inbox, right? They will. They, they're not going to forget about her. Right. She's on their wish list now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, we, we, I was so surprised that the last email, which was the sales email itself, um, which again, you know, didn't convert, still had a 22% open rate, which was like, you know, so people had been liking whatever we were saying prior to, the, even though this, you know, the, even by the headline made it clear that this was, here's this, you know, we're selling you something, they yeah. still opened it up. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, because they wanted it. Yeah, <laughs> just the environment maybe is not like, oh, I want this. I just, yeah. yeah, I love, which bodes so well for the future when the environment is a little bit different, not the environment, but the, the what's yeah. going on in the world is like, exactly. <laughs> I love that. That is so cool. Yeah. That is so cool. And it's cool when, and not everything we do is going to have those numbers validation, that, that numerical validation right. along with it. But when it does, I mean, Yes. Yeah. That's super cool. And then when you put it on your portfolio site, you say, you know, I did the sequence for her and consistently my nurture emails for her were yeah. opening it at 25%. That's yeah. so cool. I love yeah. that. Yeah. I love that. Um, so I, one of the reasons I reached out to you besides the fact that, you know, we interact in the, the Facebook group and, and I love what you've been doing and I love your energy. Um, but we are also connected on LinkedIn and when I go on LinkedIn, your posts will pop up and I love the way that you have been promoting yourself without, without promoting yourself. Right. You know what I mean? Without saying like, hey, everybody, I'm available for copywriting services. Just DM me. Right. Um, it's, been, it's been really, really savvy. And so I wanted to ask you about, first of all, really probably explain to the listeners and viewers what you're doing and how you've kind of strategized that. So, um, I mean, full disclosure, I, am, I joined a group um, that the the whole purpose of the group um, is to build a presence on LinkedIn. Um, and we have like a leader um, and he basically gives us choices um, every day of a variety of different types of posts that we can do. So he's mm -hmm. sort of, he sort of has come up with, I think it's six different types of posts. Mm -hmm. um, and the whole purpose of the, of these posts is to establish ourselves as experts. So it's not necessarily to sell ourselves. So we usually once a month we'll do what are called what what we call a pitch post. My intent, I think I've done two. They tend to be somewhat subtle because I don't really want to be just come out and be like I'm a copywriter, hire me. Um, but to establish ourselves as experts. And the way we do that are through telling stories, providing value. Um, we will do like the typical quote post, but again, we add our own element to it. So here's a quote that resonated with me and this is why it resonates me. Um, and again, all of it is intended to, to one, show off the expertise that I have, two, show off who I am as a person. Um, I think part of my value when I'm writing for people, honestly, is they do get more than a copywriter because 
I'm just the kind of person who, who will talk to you. Um, I will, you can bounce ideas off of me. Um, if you're having a tough day, I will listen to you. Um, so, I mean, you're not just getting a copywriter in a way you're getting a friend too. Um, and so that comes out a lot in my posts. So the type of person I am, so I'm going to attract people who want to work with people like that. Um, so, yeah, so it's a lot of storytelling. Some of it is client stories. I do tell stories about the things that, you know, things that have happened with clients. And, you know, I made a mistake in that the email funnel that I told you about. The first time I did it, I made a mistake. Um, thankfully, I was able to fix the mistake very quickly. But, you know, I tell that, I tell the story of this mistake I made that I was able to fix it and, you know, people are going to make mistakes. That's okay. You move on. You do the best you can. So, so, so some of it are client stories. Some of it come out of my own personal stories that I'm able to relate to larger issues, marketing, you know, the marketing world in general. Um, so, you know, it's a combination of a bunch of things. Um, and yeah, it just builds who I am as a personality. You know, people talk about branding a lot and having a brand. Um, and I, I, I'm not one for like, oh, I need a logo and all this stuff, but my brand is who I am as a person and what you're going to get when you work with me. And I think that a lot of these posts really are, are helping to establish that sort of brand for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. I love that. It's, it's a, a savvy way of putting yourself out there and making sure that you are, that when people open up their LinkedIn page and they're connected with you, they see you, right? right. I mean... Yeah. I see you. Uh, And I was noticing it and reading it and thinking, oh, this is really good. But I also love that you were exploring additional ways to put yourself out there. I mean, you know, we cover a ton in the course and there's all there's, but I love that even I'll be the first one to tell you that there, there is still so much more to learn and none of us should ever stop learning. And I, I love that you saw LinkedIn as an opportunity and you're like, all right, well, I'm, I'm going to join a program that's going to help me do it and do it well. I think that's fantastic. I mean, I will say, so, um, so I have received, uh, re- uh, I've had recruiters reach out to me on LinkedIn based on all that, um, asking me to apply for jobs. Right now, I'm interested in building my own company rather than applying for jobs. So I haven't actually taken anybody up on the offer, but people do notice. I mean, they, people do notice, people reach out, um, Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the same recruiters who have, you know, full-time positions can also reach out to you for contract positions or, you know, sometimes those full-time positions can become free remote freelance positions since we're all remote now anyway. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. Yeah. It's very interesting in that um, uh, as a woman, um, and, and it's very interesting having my real first introduction to this was through your course. So led by a woman with a lot of women in the course um, and then going out into the wider world of seeing what copyright, you know, all this copywriting and it's very male dominated and seeing also the difference in the way that they operate um, and the types of emails they send and things. Um, and so another thing was feeling like, oh my God, do I need to be very aggressive and dominant in order to be successful? And also, you know, do I want to be an eight-figure copywriter and do things their way? Or do I just want to be of service to someone and be a little bit more authentic to me? Mm -hmm. Um, 
And so that's also been an interesting process in figuring out there, you know, the course that you provide versus I think the course that some of these others provide, particularly male copywriters would, I could just, I mean, I haven't taken those courses, so I can't say for hundred percent sure, but based on the marketing that they do totally different. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's also been a unique learning and figuring out again, where I fit in and how I want to fit in. Um, yeah. yeah. I don't need the big house and the fancy cars and, you know, to tell everybody that I make eight figures um, you know, that, that's not me. <laughs> yeah. 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 And yeah, I think that, that, um, I think that's something that we've tried to work hard on is to be authentic and, and yeah, we do have, we do have a lot of women in the group. We do have a lot of men in the group as yeah. well. So it's certainly equal opportunity. Yeah. And it was when I, when I was just getting started, it was frightening because I thought that, I would not be able to be successful. At least that's what they were telling me. I felt like that's what they were telling me. I could not possibly be successful if I chose to do it, uh, take a softer approach and also not aim, you know, I'm not interested in aiming for eight figures. You know, I just want to live comfortably and I want to be of service to people. I don't, again, this sort of goes back to what we talked about at the beginning. I don't necessarily want to be selling people. I want to be serving people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's the difference. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes and you don't have to be capital S selling (laughs) to yeah, to make a a very comfortable living. I was gonna interrupt you earlier when you were like, I just wanna make enough that I'm like, no, at least a little bit more than enough. (laughs) Right. Um, so you know, like comfy, very comfy. Um, but yeah, I agree that that's it that's that capital S selling will resonate with some people. Um, but I think that across any industry that that capital S selling also tends to appeal to people who are looking for like the get rich quick thing. So you gave some advice to people who are kind of, um, starting kind of a little bit on their path. What advice would you give to people who are just kind of thinking about copywriting? Is there anything that you can offer them or something they should keep in mind as they're kind of evaluating whether or not this is, something to explore? Um, I, well, I can say is give it a try. Like, in, again, I had sort of some preconceptions about copywriting before I started it. And the only way that to learn that they were preconceptions and what was, you know, what was in fact fact and, and how I felt about it was to try um, if you, if it's something someone's thinking about, if they like writing, you know, if they like words, give it a try, you know, that's the only way you're going to know. There's just no other way to know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, true. that's true. And take Nikki's course. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That's an excellent advice. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. Um, if someone has been listening in or watching in and they're like, Oh, this is the kind of copywriter I want to work with. Um, what is your website? What's the best way to get in touch with you? Uh, my website is dorysaltzman.com, which is D-O-R-I-S-A-L-T-Z-M-A-N.com. You can also find me on Facebook, uh, Facebook slash, facebook.com slash copy by Dory. Um, I do daily marketing tips and stuff on Facebook. Um, so those are two best places to find me. Or on LinkedIn and catch up again. Or on LinkedIn. Yeah, I'm right there on LinkedIn. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Definitely follow me on LinkedIn because I do. I I have a lot of fun with those posts. I really 
they're they're great practice they're never pre-written like I find out the day of what my choices are and I write them the day of and so it's great practice actually uh, mm -hmm. for writing um so yeah follow me on LinkedIn that's terrific that's terrific yeah Awesome. So it was uh, great to hear. Uh, it seems it was just six months ago, but it seems like it was eons like ago. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, you know, how, how's it going? How's, how you, how's it going? Yeah, it's uh, it's going well. I'm very busy. Uh, it, and I, I'll, in, in, back in October, it seemed like things were starting to ramp up and then it actually died down again. And so I let, uh, spent a lot of time in uh, the November and December and a little bit into January, really just working on brand building and pitching, 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 pitching. <laughs> and um, I was actually, I was starting to get nervous, like nothing was happening. And then right at the end of January, beginning of February, boom. And I have not stopped since. Like, it was like, it felt like it, there was, it hit a momentum. And then, you know, I was pushing the boulder, pushing the boulder, and then it was over the hill and down. Um, and I have been very busy since the beginning of February. So it's going well. That's great. <laughs> so good to hear yeah. that, though, because I think a lot of people get to that place where, like you said, they're pushing the boulder, pushing the boulder, and you so badly just want to let it go and say, you yeah. know what, like, this is too much. But it's always right at that point where things are about to, to your point, snowball, yeah. really. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, I, you know, I, I, you know, I paid a lot of attention to the quotes about overnight success. You know, overnight success is lots of little steps. Or even um, in the book Atomic Habits, uh, the author talks about how the boiling point of water, it doesn't go from turning it on to boiling. It goes one little degree at a time. And so mm -hmm. I always just, anytime I felt like quitting, <laughs> when I felt like quitting, I just was like, just keep going because I'm just simply moving forward and eventually it'll hit that point. And yeah, mm -hmm. it did. So it's been yeah. great. Yeah. yeah. That's, I think one of the the causes of, of failure. And we talked a little bit about this um, in a previous podcast, Kate and I did, but whether or not failure is actually really a concept, but, um, or I should say in another podcast, depending on when this gets released, but um, so, so keep your eyes up for this podcast. <laughs> um, but one of the causes of quote unquote failure is, is stopping before you break through yeah. of going, Oh, it's not working. It's not working. It's not working. And therefore I'm going to stop. Whereas it's should be, much more the idea of, okay, it's not working yet, or okay, I'm I'm moving toward it. I'm not there yet, but I'm moving toward it. And right. you know, the thing is too is as, as you know, is it, it it's the the natural waves of business are just they're unpredictable and they're. I wish you know, you, pitching consistently will get you as as will help to to calm those waves as much as you can. Mm -hmm. But there's still just there inexplicably, there are going to be days when you have nobody getting in touch with you at all. And then there are going to be days when you have like five clients who all want something from you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, right now I'm in that up phase and I know that, that, that the down is going to come back. Um, so yeah, it's interesting trying to right now, it's sort of interesting trying to balance the keeping it going but also dialing down a little bit on trying to get new business because otherwise everybody wants it now and I can't do it on now. So like trying to time out, okay, maybe this week I'm not going to pitch at all, but next week 
I'm going to ramp up the pitching again, because by the time I start, you know, hearing back from them, like, so yeah, that's also been a learning experience is figuring out how to sort of ride that wave to keep it at a level. Um, while also not, I'm, I've probably been over scheduling myself right now. I'm sure I'm in that too afraid to say no stage right now, um, which is fine. I'm actually fine with that. And then, and, um, I charge my first ever weekend surcharge. So happy about that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that, I mean, that's it's been uh, it's a different learning experience now than it was before. Yeah, exactly. Well, there's yeah. always new things to learn, right? As you yeah. build and grow your career, and there's always new things to learn. Yeah, but so to that point, is there anything that you you have learned? that has been a surprise or anything that you've kind of thought, oh, okay, I guess this is a big lesson for me? That's a good question. I think one thing that I've been discovering, um, well, what I, I, my clientele is evolving over time um, and I'm moving a bit away from solopreneurs and to um, more like medium-sized businesses, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, the type of content or copy that I'm writing is um, expanding. Um, and so there's always, like when I first started, I was doing a lot of, especially the life coaches. And so I was doing a lot of web copy, um, a lot of web pages. And I got comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. Um, not that, I mean, it was still new to me based on, you know, that I used to do a different kind of writing for so many years, but I still started to feel, oh, you know what, let's not even say comfortable. I was feeling confident with it. Um, and then as my clientele started to change and I was being asked to do new things, it was going back to this, like, I can I write? The first time I was asked to write a video script, I was like, oh, can I, I don't, can I do this? Like, I don't know if I can do this. Um, and then doing it and it was good. And same thing, the first product description. So um, there's like this, I think like you start to feel like, oh, I can do this whole thing. And then something new comes in, you go back to that beginning. We're like, oh my God, could I do this? Um, so, I mean, I think that's been a learning experience. And I think that also what makes it so interesting like as a copywriter compared to when I was a journalist, I'm never, I'm almost never doing the same thing anymore. And I'm never writing about the same thing and it's always different. And even if, so I have a lot of, I mean, interestingly enough right now, I have a bunch of clients in the pet um, industry. Hmm. Every one of the projects is completely different from the other. I mean, like I couldn't, you know, one supplements and one's collars. And so like, and they want different things or different tones. And I mean, it's completely different. And so, uh, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that, but. (laughs) (laughs) It's such a good point though, because you're always, you know, I think getting comfortable with that discomfort, which I think people are always like, that's, that doesn't make any sense. That's not, you know, but it does. Cause to your point, anytime you have something new, it's like, Ooh, but I know how to do this, but can I translate it to this? Right. If you do that enough times. And by the time, who knows, I'm sure there are things we're going to write copy for in the future that don't exist yet. Like, Probably, you know, yeah. chatbots. That was not a thing when any of us first started. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I think that that idea, though, is is so important to remember that, okay, the more I do these new things and realize I can do them, then the less of that... <laughs> 
right. can we do this? It's going to be like, oh yeah, that thing, I've never done it, but sure I can do it because of course mm-hmm. I can. Mm-hmm. Or, or if you still feel that panic, just know that it's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. and frankly, it's, we always say it's normal. You'd be like a psychopath if you're like that confident that you're right. like, mm-hmm. you know? Well, and I think too, that it's, uh, it's easy to forget that the foundational elements of copywriting are the same. Yeah. You know, the foundational principles, no matter what you're writing, the principles are all the same. How you translate that into the copy, um, you know, video versus like a brochure or something like that. Like, yeah, the actual, the the structure might be different, but really the foundational principles are are going to be the same from project to project, no matter what that project mm-hmm. is. So even when you're stepping into something new, um, you can go back to the beginning and go, okay, let me just refresh myself so I feel extra confident again, because um, it's going to flow through every single project. Yeah. Okay. That brief too. I feel like the brief is like the comfort blanket to me. <laughs> it's like, okay, this is my safety. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll get close. Yeah, exactly. And I think I, 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 I always maintain a, you know, customer first mantra, like, you know, just as long as more than anything, as long as I make sure that the benefit is coming through clear, everything else I can work around, like, but, you know, just do that first, come up with that first. And then yeah, everything, I can make everything work, you know, around that. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's true. If you get, if you nail the benefit and you make it make sense to the target audience, you're like 75, 80% of the way there. I mean, all the rest of it is a very weighty uh, 25 to 20%, but um, there are going to be math people listening going, Nick, stop now, (laughs) just stop. But you're, you are most of the way there. And I think that that's, um, that's really good insight. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Can't think if I've learned anything else. If I think of anything, else. I'm sure you have, and you just don't even realize it. It's you know, I, I want to chat though with you or ask about LinkedIn because I know I think you had been getting going and ramping up your kind of branding, and you know, you've done. If anyone follows Dory on LinkedIn, she's got fabulous insights. I want to say you're posting daily, aren't you? I post five days, five to six days a week. Five, yeah, yeah. 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 So. so has that? Have you noticed that helping? your business or, you know, I guess what, it, what, what's come out of that? So my largest client came out of LinkedIn, um, a direct message from somebody I had no idea who they were, turned out to be a marketing agency in New York city. Um, and they had a need for a pretty big project. Um, so that was, um, that's the only client that I've gotten so far, but it was a big client. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've stu- I've been networking with other um, copywriters and content marketers um, and people that we've sort of talked about, like, if there's something we're asked to do that we don't, don't want to do or don't feel comfortable with, like, kind of a referral network. Um, and even though nothing's come of that yet, I know that if I continue to do that, this is another one of the keep just keep pushing the boulder up the hill, um, that this is something that will pay off in the end. I've also just met really great fun people on LinkedIn um, and, you know, a couple of people who I'll chat with throughout the day if I'm frustrated about something. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely, you know, my network is growing. I'm starting to get responses. I do get inquiries usually from people who don't want to pay what I charge. But again, I did my largest client, my highest paying client did come from LinkedIn. So 
it is, you have to put in the time though. I mean, I think that people want to do LinkedIn and expect an immediate uh, reaction and, you know, immediate success. And I don't think that that's the way LinkedIn works. Um, but I love it. Like, I mean, I think that's why people enjoy my posts is also because I love doing it. It's just another form of writing that, you know, there is no other outlet for that. Like I can have fun with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that people react to that. Well, while at the same time, well, I'm still sort of showing off my expertise and my knowledge and everything. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, it's been, I consider it a success. I mean, that one client alone was yeah. worth the, the time I put in. And I know that there will be more of that. So. I want to chat to you about what are some other clients and projects you're working on? I know you mentioned the agency from LinkedIn, but is, are there any other any other projects that, you know, have been fun or just unexpected maybe or? Um, yeah, so, well, I don't think I expected so many pet industry. Um, so what's interesting about that is I have a passion project on the side, which is a pet website. Um, and be, because of that, I get like, pet age and pet retailer and all those magazines in the mail. And so at one point it was just like, let me go through and look who all these different companies are and let me see, you know, let me pitch some of them. Well, let me tell you, pet rent, there are some pet retailers who need work right now. I mean, those industries are booming. Yeah. Um, and so I think I sent out five pitches and three are clients right now. I mean, it was wow. just like incredible. Um, so that was a surprise and I love it because it gives me a chance to write about something that I do love. And again, with some of these, they have so many different types of needs that I'm doing so many different types of writing. Um, so that's been fantastic. Um, I am working with a podcast that was, um, referred to me actually by another coach in the Comprehensive Copywriting Academy who couldn't take on that project. Um, And it is a sort of has a snarky kind of tone and attitude. So I, since I work, because as I'm writing with so many businesses, either the life coaches before pet industries or marketing agencies, you know, there's a certain tone, you know, various levels, but there's a certain kind of, and this is totally different so that was also a stretch was learning how to write in like a very different kind of tone and voice um so that was uh that's been interesting oh and I will go back for a second um one thing and Kate knows a little bit about this when I was working on the marketing agency what I was asked to do was write some geo-based landing pages (laughs) and what and they had asked me at the time to sort of um make them sound like the different locations, you know, give them the voice of the cities. And Kate, I freaked out. Like, I was like, I don't know how to make something sound like Atlanta. Um, (laughs) So it was, I had so much fun doing voice of consumer research into each city to discover, you know, were there specific words that were used in the city? How could I incorporate that? Was there a way to incorporate, you know, landmarks and stuff? Subtly though, like you don't want it to be like over the top. Um, And I think I was more successful with some, but like I wrote a Miami page and I I would love for a Miami person to read that because I think it sounds like someone from Miami wrote it. Like it just... So, um, yeah, I mean, there's so many different things, so many different types of things that I've worked on, um, so many things that I've learned. I, lo- I, I really, the voice of consumer research is so much fun. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think, do I have any other 
clients right now that are in any other industry. Oh, I'm about to get my first luxury travel advisor client, Ooh, which I'm very fun. excited about. Yeah, because um, as I had talked about it in, in the earlier episode, travel is certainly a passion of mine and I have a lot of background in it, but there's you know just been no opportunity and starting to come back a little bit. So getting, getting my first client in the travel industry, I'm very happy about and hoping that like I can make that part of my clientele mix going forward. That's terrific. That's yeah. terrific. I love that you you you're getting these trade magazines in the mail, and that you thought, all right, let me take a look through. There's so many <laughs> opportunities, so many clients that kind of come in front of our face every day, faces every day that we we don't even think about. You know, yeah. the, the, the magazines and the, the, you know, I, I'm in a new house and I know I get mailers, you know, welcome wagon and then welcome wagon and all these kind of, and, and it's so easy yeah. to just go, not nope, toss it, not nope, toss it, but it's like a gold mine mm-hmm. of potential clients and, and in the trade, yeah. trade magazines and just there's, there's everywhere you look, there yeah. are potential clients. The trade magazines are great because it's not just like it's not just the companies that are also at, that are advertising, but almost all trade companies will have either like news about companies or new products that are being mm-hmm. launched or, you know, in their news section. There's, I mean, those companies, even more so, I think, than the ones that are advertising already, it's the ones that have a new launch or a new marketing manager or whatever else they're announcing. Those are the companies to pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, just like, yeah, if you could get your name on a trade magazine somewhere. <laughs> just yeah. yeah. That's so insightful. When I was thinking too, when you were saying that, that, that uh, companies need... Yeah, pet companies used because of the past year. People I were, adopted a dog. I was gonna say people were <laughs> emptying out the pounds, yeah. which is right. wonderful. Yeah. yeah, no kidding. They're doing gangbusters. So you know that's another thing to think of when it comes to clients. Like what 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 it, travel falls in in that. What's going on in the world that is trickling down into individual companies? Like yes, travel is starting to ramp up, and you know, sadly they may have let go of their previous marketing people, but they're not ready to hire a full-time person yet to ramp up. So in comes the freelance copywriter. Yeah. In comes story. Yeah. I love that. So, yeah. you know, really being, being creative and also um, strategic about yeah. what, what's going on in the world and how does that translate to companies and how does that translate to their needs? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll give you another example that I've just started doing. I've had minimal success. I've had responses, um, but I have a lot of background in the cruise industry, writing on the consumer side uh, about cruising. So I started thinking about, well, what are the companies that supply cruise lines or cruise ships? Mm -hmm. Um, So I started doing research into who's supplying the linens or who's supplying Mm -hmm. the... um, I found one for like the scents that, you know, the uh, odors, like, you know, things like, you know, so I started looking at things. So I think that's another approach. If there's an industry that you love, but you may be for whatever reason, that part of the industry isn't accessible right now. What are the adjacent industries? Mm -hmm. Um, So that was, that's another way I think of approaching things as well. Yeah, that's very smart. My chain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why exactly. not? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and to that end, if they're not selling to cruises right now, 
who, mm-hmm. cruise ships or cruise companies, who are they selling to? If they've pivoted, how have they pivoted? And then those companies, who are those companies? Do those companies need your help? Yeah. Once you, yeah. once you start going down the rabbit hole of potential clients, it's like, wow, look at yeah. all these people who need our help. <laughs> Yeah. And I think it's funny because, um, and I, I, maybe a lot of early copywriters are feeling this is when I first started. Um, and there were, you know, we, we do the exercise with the list 50 companies and I struggled with that a little bit. Um, I mean, I started with my immediate sort of, uh, neighborhood and I quickly discovered that most of them don't value copywriting and stuff, the small little companies. And so I wasn't getting a lot of luck with them. So then I was like, okay, well, what are my favorite brands? And, you know, I went through that whole exercise and some of them I tried to get it, you know, I would email out to, but they're large brands. So, so I was struggling with, well, how do I find these um, clients, you know, thinking, well, they're really, and you know, as an early copywriter, like, oh, there, there are no clients for me. I can't. And then, but finding that there, there are other ways to look for things. Um, and I, I mean, I kind of said the adjacency, look for things that are adjacent and that's mm-hmm. when you'll start to find stuff. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's once you start going down the rabbit hole, you're like, Whoa, look at all these opportunities. And that's and the thing too with with local company, local uh potential clients, yeah, sometimes they aren't gonna be ready, but then sometimes later on when you follow up with them, they're like, Oh yeah, you know, I heard about this copywriting thing, or yeah, now after you sent me the email and I said I wasn't interested, then I realized that we <laughs> do need this. Like, yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, for me, I haven't been around long enough for that to happen, but I am convinced that all these companies that I've reached out to over time, and I've sent tons of pitches, um, I'm willing to bet that at least one or two of those reach back out to me after I've forgotten about them. Mm-hmm, um, so yeah, I mean, pitching isn't just, it's, it's not just a, like a, whoever bites now, it's a long game. Though. Yeah, mm-hmm. it absolutely is. It absolutely is. I agree. Yeah. So I have one more question for you, or and maybe we have more might come out of it, but <laughs> I'm curious if and you, you kind of left off at the last one where you're like, oh, I want to make this full time and don't necessarily want to go back to an office. Are you still feeling that way? Do you have similar goals still? Have those evolved? No, I still, I still want to do this full time. Um, not quite there yet. Um, hello. <laughs> This is Ronaldo. Um, sorry, not Ronaldo. Uh, this is Balotelli. See, I have multiple cats, and they and both of them have soccer names. So this is Balotelli. Um, yeah. So I do want to do this full time. Um, I'm still ramping up. Uh, each month has been successively more income than the last month. So I am getting there. Um, I don't want to, what's funny though, when you talk about, I don't want to go back to working for somebody else. I do want to get to the point where I'm making enough money where I can get a shared space because mm-hmm. I do like the idea of being in an office, at least sometimes with other people. Cause it's just nice to be in, even if it's like not other writers or something like, you know, sometimes it's helpful to brainstorm or ask a question or what do you think of this? Um, and that's harder to do when you're working from home. Um, so I do technically kind of want to go back to an office, um, but I don't want to work for anybody else. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, that is still, that is still the goal and I am working on getting there. That's great. Yeah. That's great. And to be where you are just 
you know, not that long into it uh, is, is really impressive. So good for you. Well, this has been fantastic. Um, we're so lucky to have you as part of the community and, of course, also to have you as a guest. Uh, so we hope this has been helpful for everybody watching, listening, and we'll catch you in the next episode. Bye, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us on the Build Your Copywriting Business podcast. If you liked what you heard, I'd really appreciate it if you could take a minute or two to leave us a five-star review. I read each one and they mean the world to me and our team. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. And if you want to keep learning, follow us at Filthy Rich Writer across social media and on the site. And of course, if your interest is piqued and you think copywriting might be right for you, check out our free on-demand video training at www.freecopywritingtraining.com. Talk to you next time. Thank you.